bandwidth. This week's episode of Book Guys is brought to you by hollowbooks.com. You can hide pretty much anything in a hollow book. Go to hollowbooks.com. You choose the book, they do the rest. The Book Guys Show. My name is Paul Alves, and I'm joined by some great guests today. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, our first guest is an author and winner of many awards, including the Chaucer Award for Historical Fiction, and her latest novel, Madame Presidentis, will be on bookshelves soon. Uh, welcome to the show, Nicole Evelina. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? Very well, very well. i got a great panel tonight. Uh, who could ask for more? Exactly. I'm excited. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Also joining us, uh, Barry Award-winning author of over 20 novels, including the Jonathan Quinn book series, is Brett Battles. Hello, Brett. Hi. Happy to be here. Very good. How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. And yourself? Very, very well. You know what? I feel bad because you guys all have awards and I don't. We, we, we got to get a podcast <laughs> award campaign going. Cause, uh, oh, we're absolutely. <laughs> returning to the show for his, I think, third appearance Yet another award winner. Uh, actually, I think if Scott were to take all his earphone awards and, and put them around his neck, he'd look like Mr. T. Uh, joining us as actor, writer, and narrator, Scott Brick. How are you, Scott? <laughs> Quit your jibber jabber. <laughs> uh, I think that's the only time in my life I've ever been compared to Mr. T, and I love it. That's great. <laughs> I'm doing well, Paul. How are you doing? Very well. Yeah, I'm just picturing you with all the earphone awards hanging around your neck, walking into the audio well, awards. I, I, I do typically wear all that stuff as bling, all the gold around my neck. But it get, you know, it gets tough when I'm in the studio. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a, yeah, jingling and stuff, especially when you're narrating, right? Because I mean, you can't even wear like a you know frilly shirt because that'll come through on the microphone. No, it's true. I, I I tell students of mine, women come in and they've got like these dangling earrings, and when they move their head the slightest little bit, they they jangle a little bit. I'm like, nope, get rid of it. Because <laughs> it's ladies first. That's that's the rule, I think. Uh, we'll talk to Nicole about her new book, Madame Presidentis, which uh, I'm told is about the first woman to run for president of the United States. And uh, spoiler alert, it's not Hillary Clinton or, or Sarah Palin. Uh, tell us a bit about it. Sure. Um, the book is about Victoria Woodhull. She was the first woman to run for president in the U.S. in 1872, which was 48 years before women even got the right to vote. So she had the audacity to run for the highest office in the land when, you know, she couldn't vote for herself, her counterparts couldn't vote for her, at least not legally. They, they would try. Uh, that same year, Susan B. Anthony actually was arrested for attempting to vote. Um, she was not attempting to vote for Victoria because they had had a bit of a falling out by that point. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the suffrage history is very, very interesting. It's, it's not all unicorns and roses like you would think. But um, Victoria was a very accomplished woman. In addition to running for president, she was the first woman to run a stock brokerage on Wall Street, which she co-owned with her sister. Um, she was one of the first women to run a weekly newspaper, which she also co-owned with her sister. And um, she was one of the she was the first woman to speak before a sitting House of Congress, which was the House Committee. And she spoke um, arguing that the uh, Constitution already gave women the right to vote um, in some of its wording. And now, I, I, what I find interesting about your book is, is not, uh, just to, to clear it up for our listeners, it's not a, a straight-up auto, you know, or a, a biography. You, you, you've uh, woven the tale into a narrative. Yes, yeah, it's biographical historical fiction. And I did that on purpose because... A, I'm a fiction writer, and you know, that's that my background instead of being a historian. Um, I consider myself an armchair historian, but I'm definitely in no way trained to write nonfiction. And I also, I like uh, biographical historical because you can bring a person's life really to life. You can make it entertaining because no matter how many documents we have, even if we have uh, diaries, which in the case of Victoria we didn't, but there are plenty of letters and uh, newspaper articles and things like that, um, you can never really know the true motivation behind why somebody did something or the um, conversations that they may have had in private. And that's the stuff that I can help flesh out in the fictional side of things. Yeah, and, and Victoria wasn't, I mean, this wasn't a, a, a prank candidate. I mean, she was hanging around with the elites, you know, with Vanderbilts and... Uh hobnobbing with all the the big wigs yes she was she was serious um she did say at one point later on in her candidacy that when she first announced it she had really done it just to bring attention to the idea of suffrage Mm -hmm. but the 
further on she went um, and the more she learned about how she felt about issues and things that she felt needed to happen in the country, she realized that she was actually a viable candidate. And she took herself even more seriously over time and really believed that by the time the election rolled around that she would be able to win the presidency. As we all know, it didn't work out that way. Um, we actually don't even know how many votes she got because they either weren't counted or you know we just don't have that information anymore. But she spent election day in jail, so it didn't quite work out the way she planned. <laughs> you know, you could tell at the beginning that she was kind of doing it as a lark uh, in the beginning because, well, first of all, if had she won, there would have been a, a big issue because uh, you have to be 35, right, on, on swearing-in day? Yes, and she was 34. Yeah. Nobody knows for sure if she was aware of that or if people just didn't care because the idea of a woman running for president was even a bigger deal. Yeah. I, it, that's one of the questions. <laughs> that would be interesting, uh, having to wait for a president to have a birthday before uh, swearing him in or her. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Her birthday's in September, I believe, so it would have been almost an entire year. And, and, and her running mate... Uh, never gave his consent to run? <laughs> no, uh, her running mate was Frederick Douglass. Um, he was nominated um, the same night she was. And we don't know if you know it was her idea or if it was members of her party that put him up. But he never officially accepted, but he never officially declined or asked for his name to be removed from the ballot. So, you know, you, you kind of wonder if he wasn't a little bit supportive, but yet later on, when we got closer to the election, he came out in favor of President Grant's re-election. So, so not, not that great uh, running mate that she might probably thought he was at the beginning. <laughs> possible. Um, she may, and it may have been done just for controversy. Yeah. But pretty bad when your running mate doesn't vote for your own ticket. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, it's not good. But she had done some things by that point to alienate herself from her from her strongest allies. So it, she kind of brought it on herself. And Nicole, uh, this is on your first foray, of course, into historical fiction. You've done a couple books on uh, Guinevere. Yes. And uh, yes. Um, of Camelot books, fame. Yes. Two books in a historical fantasy, what will be a trilogy. They're Daughter of Destiny and Camelot's Queen. Daughter of Destiny was actually named uh, Best Book 2015 from Chanticleer Reviews, which I was absolutely flabbergasted when I found out and thrilled. Don't get me wrong. But yes, those are Arthurian legend that tell the story of Camelot from Guinevere's point of view. So they tell um, everything through her eyes. It's her life story. The first book, Daughter of Destiny, covers her early life before King Arthur. The second book, Camelot's Queen, covers her life with him, so obviously in her role as queen. And the third book, which I'm working on right now and hoping to have out at some point in 2017, called Mistress of Legend, uh, covers her life after the fall of Camelot and uh, after Arthur dies in the Battle of Camelot. And she does not end up in a convent in my version. She is way too strong and wild of a woman to live that sort of existence. Now, Nicole, would you mind if I played a, a short clip from Audible of Daughter of Destiny, book one, and that's narrated by Serena Scott Thomas? Please do. We're going to click it right off the Audible site and see what happens. I am Guinevere. I was once a queen, a lover, a wife, a mother, a priestess, and a friend. But all those roles are lost to me now. To history... I am simply a seductress, a misbegotten woman set astray by the evils of lust. This is the image painted of me by subsequent generations, a story retold thousands of times, yet not one of those stories is correct. We'll, we'll leave it right there. We don't want to spoil. We don't want to spoil. <laughs> a very nice narration, uh, much better than Scott Brick's falsetto. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, great. Well, you know, just saying, she is female. <laughs> Mr. Brett Battles, whose uh, Jonathan Quinn book series is now up to 10, which means for me that I've got to start at one because I love binging. There's actually a book zero, so there technically is 11 oh. so. <laughs> it's a it's an origin story that came out later and so it became book zero now i've noticed are they all uh, read by our uh, fellow guest here scott brick 
all but one of them because he was not available for book two of of the uh, series way back when. And uh, um, we, I'd love to get him to do it someday. But right now, those that that ability does not lie in my hands nor in Scott's. It's uh, it's a, a publisher thing right now, and I think they're happy with where things are at just because they don't want to redo it. So, but someday, someday. Not that the other guy didn't do great, but it would be great to have, you know, consistency. Throughout. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, a lot of my fans, the ones who listen to audiobooks, they're, you know, for them, you know, Scott is Quinn. And so it's, it's, you know, it's amazing how every time they're asking me, oh, when's the next Quinn book come out is, and Scott's reading it, right? I'm yeah, afraid to I ever mean, say no. He better, he better be. That that is reading. true though, especially in in a series. Uh, if I've yeah. listened to three uh, books in a series and it's all read by the same narrator, I kind of you're you're going in expecting, uh, you know, him to finish yeah. telling you the story or her. Absolutely, absolutely. I have several series, and I'm, I'm very lucky because for each series, I have a dedicated um, narrator for each one, and um, uh, that I mean, it's great. It's a great consistency. It gives a great voice uh, uh, to the story. And um, uh, and just, you know, holds everything together in a wonderful, wonderful way. And Scott, of course, you know, he's the king. You can't you can't go wrong with Scott Brick reading your books. My of course, God. look at his award necklace. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not listening to this, Scott, right? Because I would never say this to you in person, by the way. No, of course. Of course. Okay, no, good. I'm just, I just I'm want to make sure yeah. we're straight. I, I got to ask, uh, yeah. how, how did you guys meet? Was that through ACX or are you uh, through another? Oh, uh, no, we met. Um, the way my first, the first four Quinn books were all done through um, Bantam Dell at Random House, okay. and so it was through um, I think Random Audiobooks probably. Um, we yeah, were, it was. Um, I think my the very first one I did the cleaner. Right. Uh, it was for Books on Tape, which had been purchased uh, by Random House Audio. Right. And of course, now it's Penguin Random House Audio. Right. Um, but yeah, the very first one I did for them, and to be honest, uh, just so I can get my side out there, I never ah. even knew about the second one in this series. Um, <laughs> I was busy at the time, and unfortunately, they didn't ask me because they because they knew I was doing something else for them. So I only found out about this later. I found out about it a year later when the third book came out, right. and the producer very sheepishly said to me, um, "Do you remember that book, The Cleaner, that you did?" I said, "Oh yeah, that guy, that guy named." Brett, some battles, I want to say it is. He goes, yeah, yeah, that's one. Did you like it? I said, I loved it. He said, so you'd be willing to go back on the series? I'm like, what do you mean? And then he told me I've been replaced. And he, <laughs> says, he says, please tell me, please tell me you're willing to go back to it because the author's not happy. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, why did we change authors? You know, and I was, and I really liked Scott and I knew the, the audience immediately responded to him. And I got, a, I and again, the person who did the second book, very good uh, narrator, but, um, you know, Scott had captured a tone with it and and the audience was expecting that. And I was expecting that. And so when the book three came out, I I, I hounded my editor and said, listen, we need to get Scott Brick back on this because this is, you know, this is the way it's got to go. And and thank God they were able to do that. It's been Scott's been with them ever since. But it was during that third book, I think, Scott, when we finally met, because once you got back on, um, I, you know, I said, hey, you know, I found out that you re he recorded in Los Angeles and I live in Los Angeles. And I said, I would love to just stop by for just, a, you know, an hour or two just to be a fly on the wall. And and Scott very graciously said, absolutely, come on down. And so I went down there and I watched him, you know, narrate for a little while. And then Scott brought me into the booth and we did a Q&A that we went at the very end of the audio book. We did. We actually did that for a couple of the books. But, um, yeah, you know, it was, just, it was such, a, such a such a wonderful thing. And then once the books left Random House, um, then Audible began producing my books directly. And and and, you know, I, I insisted that Scott continue to be the narrator on those two as we as we've been moving forward which by the way scott there'll be another one about may or so just just keep that in nice. your head you guys are unstoppable <laughs> I'll, I'll start exercising my lips uh, <laughs> yes, any day now. yes i kind of i kind of really 
I, 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 I purposely made the last book very hard for Scott because I put in a lot of foreign names and everything on purpose. Nice. Because I knew it would make it <laughs> very difficult. Yeah. For thank you. Thank you. Well, you succeeded. Uh, I'm just going to ask Nicole really quick. Uh, Nicole, how did you find your narrator? Um, I actually went through ACX because I'm an independent author. Yes. And um, I auditioned several different um, actresses whose reels that I liked. And uh, Serena was by and far my favorite. Um, as soon as I heard her say, I am Guinevere, which is the first line of the book, which we heard earlier from the prologue, um, I knew that she was going to be the, the right actress for the trilogy. And um, she and I have an unspoken agreement um, that she's going to be doing the third one as well. Nice. Can, can I just say that that little uh, clip we heard, she sounded great in that. Yeah. She, she did. Really did. And, and, and the audio and quality. So uh... you, and so, you know, I'm also, I, I mean, I'm a little hybrid, but most of my books are independent at this point. And all the Quinn books have been independent since the fifth one. So I'm with you on the on that uh, area. Yeah, well, uh, Brett, why don't you tell us a little bit about the, the Jonathan Quinn uh, series and, and what it's all about? Uh, my The Quinn series is my you know, it's a quintessential <laughs> um, spy series. I didn't go with an assassin. I didn't go with any of your regular type right. of operatives. Uh, things, the thing that has always fascinated about me about stories and everything is what happens after an incident, for instance. And, and I'm always in, interested in that after story. And I wanted to develop what I considered to be an after character. And um, Quinn is an after character. He is a cleaner. His job mm -hmm. is to come in and get rid of the bodies after the after an assassination has happened, after some sort of um, a meeting that they everybody thought would probably go turn wrong, goes down, and he needs to clean it up so nobody, none of the authorities know anything happened there. He's he's that guy. He's sitting around waiting while the action goes, and then he comes in after. And of course. You know, the, in the particular stories that I tell, things go sideways and he has to become an action character in that. But right. he's he's essentially an after character. And that really intrigued me. And uh, and I have a, a, a group of supporting characters um, th that are around him. So, you know, each book is built so that you can read each of them alone. But there's this overarching story between the characters and the relationships of their them growing and changing over time that I'm that I'm also doing and and it's just you know I love it's uh, the the Quinn books are my uh, this, I, I don't nobody take this wrong they're the easiest books for me to read or write because I um, I know the characters so well and I know the stories you know how it goes right. and and I do try to keep mix things up all the time but but because I know them so well, I know exactly what's going to happen in in those books. And there, it you know, it's also my most popular series. So, um, but but it but it's about the after, and that's what I love. Now uh, I'm going to play a little uh, clip here from Audible. Um, let's go with uh, we might as well go with book ten, which is the latest, I believe, the Unleashed. Unleashed. And uh, we'll take a little listen to Scott Brick. What he sounds like when he's not on a cell phone. <laughs> the beaches are all closed until the end of the month. Garrett's eyes went wide. What? He's kidding, honey, Orlando said. A grimace and a huff. He's almost as funny as you are, Mom. Prawat lowered his binoculars. What's he doing? Narong asked. Waiting, Prawat said. For what? How the hell should I know? They had been on the job for two weeks now, following the target around Bangkok, and then almost losing him eight days ago when he went to Zavarnabom Airport and caught a flight to Koh Samui. If the plane had been fully booked, Prawat and Narong might still be searching the island for the man. But there had been several seats available, and they'd had just enough time to grab two and get on board. Brilliantly narrated as usual, Scott. And you got the you got the pronunciations right too. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos thank to you. you. Kudos <laughs> to you. I, I it's so funny. I've literally when I'm working on this series, I've I've thank God for Facebook is all I can say because at one point I uh, I was in a narrator forum on on Facebook, uh, just a private group, you know, with uh, uh, myself and Picasso, you know, one of the, the narrator of one of. Uh, uh, Brett's other series, and anyway, I, I just put her out there, and I I didn't say what the series was. I said that oh my god, there's 
there's all this tie that I have to say. <laughs> this woman in the in the group, she says, "Oh, I'm sitting in a Thai restaurant right now. Hold on, call me, and I'll and I'll give the phone to the waiter." And that's how I got the pronunciation for half of that book. It was Perfect. awesome. <laughs> Hey, hey awesome. Scott, uh, while we have you here on the line, Scott, uh, I mean, you're a writer uh, as well. What's uh, what's going on with you, my friend? Uh, God, it's very nice of you to ask. I appreciate it. Um, we, I tell you, I, I respect everybody on this panel so much because, you know, my God, how do you know when a book is done? I could have sworn I'd finished this book, but uh, I gave it to my agent and we got uh, a number of editors who looked at it and said, you know what, there's this one element that uh, you know, maybe we can tighten up. So I'm currently uh, dealing with a, a rewrite, but the hope is that it'll be um, my agent is going to put it out for sale before the end of the year. So nice. We'll see. Nice. And i got to ask you about another project because uh, sometimes I, I, uh, I dive through IMDb and sometimes I find sure. – uh, just rogue uh, entries there. And I, I got to uh, ask you about uh, uh, a certain gentleman, Morgan Freeman, who asked you to uh, do a, a oh, screenplay sure. for him, uh, for a, a book that I really enjoyed, uh, Rendezvous with Rama. Is there any any uh, yeah. news about that that what? you could tell us? Yeah, that was a, a kind of a crazy circumstance. Um, uh, I worked with Morgan many times, primarily because I, well, I used to go to church with uh, his producer, the, the president of his production company, Revelations Entertainment. And at first, when they got the rights to rendezvous with Rama, the idea was that he would play the captain uh, and uh, star in it as well as produce the film. And at the time, Laurie, my friend, Laurie McCreary is her name, she had just never worked in science fiction and she knew that I had um, that I was also a big fan. So basically she brought me on as a consultant, but ultimately when the problem, when uh, problems arose with the production and uh, they were trying to get uh, David Fincher on board, this is around the time that he was either going to make Rendezvous with Rama or he was going to make a movie called Panic Room. We know what happened, but um, at the time, basically it was, uh, they needed to have a rewrite done ASAP. And, um, they said, I said, well, what about me? And she had read a number of my other, my other work plays that I've had produced and such. And she said, great. And I hit the ground running and I wrote, uh, I wrote that draft. Uh, Fincher did commit to it. Um, but he said he would do it after panic room. And again, that never happened five years later. It had still never been made. So they came back to me and they said, would you do another draft? I said, sure. And, um, but again, as well, as you all know, so many things get optioned in Hollywood and so right. few things just wind up getting made. Um, that would be so I, we cool were, though, to get that one. Oh made. God. I, I, we, we were trying desperately to get it made mm-hmm. before Arthur C. Clarke passed away. Right. Uh, as a matter of fact, the year before he died, Morgan and Lori, it looked like it was going to happen. And they actually flew out to Sri Lanka. Oh to get God. him on, to get him on camera, <laughs> right? So that wow. they would have something for the the making of DVD, you know, the bonus features, right? And uh, and at one point he turned to the camera and he said, um, he said, I never thought I would, I would get to, to this day where I'd be able to think that, you know, that I would live to see a movie, of Rendezvous with Rama. But then as he looks at the camera, he says, Now I think I actually might. Oh. And, and, and it's so, of course, when he passed away, it was heartbreaking. And, right. uh, and I don't know, I don't know why it never got made. I wasn't privy to any of that. I still see Lori and Morgan occasionally and, you know, Christmas parties, but, uh, I've never really been privy to exactly what happened or what's happening now. But, uh, I think like the rest of the fans out there, I'm, I'm just hoping whether I have any involvement in it or not, or whether my name was on it or not, uh, I just hope it gets made. I'm a yes. fan and I want to see it on screen. Uh, me, me I'm too. with you on that. I'm, I'm not I'm a religious, uh, a very religious person, but I'll, I'll light a candle for that movie because I, I would really <laughs> love to see that. <laughs> Bless you. For sure. <laughs> um, maybe let's go around the table and, and uh, we'll, we'll get back to all the stuff, great stuff that you guys have been producing. Uh, 
But maybe uh, let's let's find out what we've been reading for pleasure, maybe. Oi, 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 oi. You guys are like, I'm not reading for pleasure. That's work. Yeah, right. <laughs> and Nicole, uh, is there anything on your uh, reading list? Oh, God. There's always stuff on my reading list. Um, I'm a reviewer for the Historical Novel Society, so I have a couple of books that I'm reading for that. Um, on audio right now, I'm listening to The Last Days of Magic by Mark Tompkins and really, really enjoying it because it's based on Celtic myth, which is a, obviously a passion of mine. Um, I'm going through my Goodreads list right now to remind myself. <laughs> of um, let's see. Um, I just started another audiobook today, uh, by Robin Carr called uh, Never Too Late. It's a women's fiction romance type story. Um, yeah, there's, there's, I'm always reading about seven books at a time. So <laughs> you didn't ask me what I'm not reading. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I will say that um, I, it, it's amazing because I, since I became a published author and, and started doing this as, you know, my this is my full time job and everything like that, that um, I read a lot less than I did when I wasn't being published by anyone right. and not having anybody read my stuff, which I, I'm not sure why that is, but I do read a lot less. But I'm buying books all the time and my Kindle is just like overflowing <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm looking at my Kindle list right now to see what I have recently finished. Um, oh, I read, I recently read the fireman by Joe Hill. Um, and let's see, uh, what I, I'm started a book by, uh, Gar Anthony Haywood, um, fear of the dark. That's kind of what I'm into, but I usually have two or three books I'm reading at the same time. Um, this is going to sound completely narcissistic is I just finished on Audible listening to the first two books of the Rewinder series by Brett Battles, who happens to be me. Um, <laughs> specifically because I do that, and I'll also do it with uh, um, the Unleashed when I get ready to write the next one. I, I'm, my, the book that I'm going to start on Tuesday is the third book in the series. So I listen to the audiobooks to to remind me about the story and to hear right. it all just kind of play out for me so i um uh that's what i've been listening to which again sounds completely self-aggrandizing um total sense yeah, yeah that, that makes it, sense well i mean then how well that works then you can do that while you're washing the car or doing the dishes driving, and, whatever yeah. yeah it's great it's great um and and it I, I i tell you i kept sending myself emails as i'm listening to it going oh hey don't forget <laughs> this oh hey you can use this and and stuff that I totally forgot about. So it's it's a great it's a great tool, but uh, um, that wasn't really the question. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> the last book I finished, I think, was uh, The Fireman by Joe Hill. So, uh, but I have started several since, and I end up sometimes putting them to the side if they don't keep my interest yeah, too long. I've, I've always got stuff. I, I don't think I even have to ask Scott Brickwell. I could just have to punch <laughs> in an audible, uh, put his name in, and that'll be the last stuff that he read, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, as a as a job, but I mean, uh, of course, I'm like everybody else. I'm a book fan, so I listen to audiobooks all the time. And um, um, I mean, my God, I just I, I love I love wonderful mysteries. And so, I, of course, I I burned through all of the um, well, the J.K. Rowling pseudonym mysteries, the um, Cormoran and Strike novels. Uh, Cuckoo's Calling was the first one. Um, those are marvelous. I just absolutely love those books. Uh, then I listened to, I want to say it's Ruth Ware's book, In the Dark, Dark Wood. Um, and there's a wonderful narrator who I'd never heard before. She's worked a great deal. Um, she's British. She's, uh, her name is Imogen Church. And my God, it was just listening to her. I was absolutely astounded. I just, uh, so blown away by her talent. Um, Right now I'm listening to, was it uh, The Lady on the Train, The Woman on the Train? I only just started it. Uh, um, I got to forget uh, the, girl on the, the exact title of it. The Woman the on girl. the Train, thank you. Yeah, yes. there it is. Yeah. The, okay, yeah. Um, you know, her hearing that the movie is going to be coming out, I figured, okay, got to check out the book first. Um, but also I, I did something recently that I haven't done. It's got to be at least 10 years. I actually read a book. The print version. Uh, an actual printed not, one? 
Well, I mean, one that I didn't get paid for, you know. Um, somebody, you know, I, I found it in a used bookstore. My girlfriend gave me this wonderful surprise party. Uh, Brett was there. It was a kind of a Casablanca-themed surprise party. It was party. And amazing. It was, it was crazy. It was over the top. It was spectacular. I dressed up like Rick, Rick Blaine in nice. Casablanca. And ever since, I had just been in this Bogart frame of mind. And so I found a great old biography of him called Bogart by two authors, Sperber and Lax. Um, and I just, God, it was massive. It was like 600 pages, but I just finished a full book, one that I actually carried around with me for months so I could read it five minutes at a time. And I was so enthused. I was like, well, let me find another. And so I went out and I got the Lauren Bacall's, uh, by myself. So now I'm hearing her side of the story. So (laughs) I'm kind of all over, I'm kind of all over the place with my reading list. Phenomenal. Bogart. I'm going to have to take a look at that. Oh, it's a great book. Is there an so audio book? Is there an so audio version? That's my first well, question all the time. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Um, I'm actually in the uh, uh, in talks to do a couple of Bogart-themed books. There's a, a wonderful making-of book about Casablanca that I've been speaking with the author. She's 86. Um, we've been speaking about trying to make an audio of it, and if we're successful, I would absolutely do that Bogart biography in a heartbeat. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it off my wish list and I'm putting it on my wait until Scott Brick reads it list. There we go. <laughs> Hopefully. Your mouth to God's ears. It's been a lot of fun talking to you all. I think we're going to take a quick break, a musical break, I think, is what we're going to do. A musical break with Duke Sims from the band Shinobi Ninja. We'll play some music for the folks at home and we'll be right back. And we're joined yeah. by the one and only Duke Sims from Shinobi Ninja. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are you doing, sir? Very good, man. I, I hear you just uh, just finished a show in uh, New York. Yeah. Well, actually, yesterday we played a big show. We played the Gramercy Theater in New York, one of our favorite venues. And it was like a sold-out packed show. It was super rad. And today we were helping our friend Jocelyn. Um, our homie was doing Kimchi Palooza in Bushwick. So we played. Um, half the band wasn't here, so it was kind of like, did like a little freestyle and we rocked a little short set but it was rad man the love was real and it's beautiful to play with the community always yeah awesome uh, hey tell us a little bit about how how you guys all get to got together because you have quite quite the group there in shinobi ninja yeah we all got together at a recording slash rehearsal studio i was an engineer and i would set up the rehearsals baby g was taking a vocal class um and this dude's name was craig Derry. the vocal class he was taking he was in the sugar hill game he was our homie, and I was, nice. we would set up the rehearsal for him. At the same time, Kid Shreddy, the guitar player, was also an engineer at the studio, and so was the original bass player of the band was also an engineer at the studio. So our studio really, like, birthed the band. And then from there, the original bass player left, and Alex joined, Alien Lex. He's my little bro. I've known him since he was two years old, and we grew up in Brooklyn. And he used to, A, be our fan. He would come to all our Shinobi shows in the beginning. And then, B, he would sometimes fill in for Johnny Rocks on bass. And eventually he took that over. And Axis, the DJ, and Mike and Dave, the twins, were in a band previously. And when that lead singer left, he took it over. And then we made Shinobi Ninja. Awesome. I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know you're just wrapping up a show and whatnot. But do you have maybe a book pick for our listeners? I do have some book picks. We have plenty of time. There's no reason to rush. I'm going to oh, give cool. you every single book I ever read. Nice. <laughs> uh, no, I'll just give you a couple. I would say... The Westies was a fucking dope book. I don't know if we can curse. I'm sure we can. Sure, sure. Internet. The Westies was a dope book. It's maybe it's not a super popular book, but The Westies, Basketball Diaries is a classic. I mean, it's one of my favorite books ever. Right now I'm reading a book on Todd Rundgren called A Wizard, A True Star, and that's all about Todd Rundgren in the studio. And that's a dope book. Um, I, read, I read a lot, so I got a lot of books, but I have to be reminded of what they are because I go through books pretty fast. That's where I'm at right now. Awesome. Maybe we'll have to have you and the whole band back sometime just to talk uh, all your book picks out. You know what Baby G would say? Baby G loves Lord of the Rings. Baby G loves The Hobbit. The Hobbit is Baby G's favorite book of all time, The Hobbit. And right now she's reading the Game of Thrones books. She loves the Game of Thrones. So she loves, like, you know, that fantasy style. And Alex also loves fantasy style. If Alex was in Led Zeppelin, he would have done the same thing <laughs> as all the other Led Zeppelin guys. Because he loves all that type of stuff. You got. You guys have some really cool uh, videos. Uh, who's behind the production of all those? 
Um, it depends on the video that you're talking about, but at this point, we produce our own videos and we record once a month at YouTube. So we make a video a month at YouTube on different sets and different, you know, different visions. We we just keep making videos. We're actually going to start releasing music videos starting September 6th every two weeks. So September 6th, we're going to put out Subcon, which is a 360 music video. And then every two weeks after that, we're going to release a new music video. So it's about to get even crazier. Oh, very nice. Uh, where can folks find all, all your all your goodness? ShinobiNinja.com. If you want to buy any merch, see videos, all that stuff, we're on every single social media. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, Shinobi Ninja. YouTube.com slash Shinobi Ninja Music. Facebook, Shinobi Ninja Music. Twitter, Shinobi Ninja. Instagram, Shinobi Ninja. Everything Shinobi Ninja. Whole lives are just, we're all pink and blue, Shinobi Ninja. You guys have have such an original sound, uh, you know. Uh, what what would you cl- classify it as? I mean, it's 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 kind of a hybrid of of a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't I don't know how to best answer these questions. To me, people say like, "Yo, your sound is so original, and you know, it's so interesting." That's perception based on the outside. From an inside perspective, I think that we just play funk. It's just different tempos of the funk and different degrees of the funk. Metal to me is funk. Rock to me is funk. Funk to me is funk. Reggae to me is funk. Everything to me it just goes back to James Brown. It all goes back to the funk. All the hip-hop vibes that we give off is because of the funk that was sampled in the hip-hop records and what hip-hop, how it came. So, I don't know. We all play 4-4. It's just different tempos, and people just perceive it for what it is. And I think it's actually a beautiful thing to be, to be called original, to be say you have original style. I, I, that's a beautiful compliment, so I really appreciate that. That's awesome. I, I look forward to one day maybe you, you guys coming up here to Kanakistan and, and maybe uh, doing a show in Toronto. I'll definitely be in the crowd. Yeah, man. I was wondering if you was Canadian. You sounded Canadian. <laughs> Canadians have a certain sound, right? Yeah, all my co-hosts are American, but they're not here right now. That's cool, though. You know, actually, when we started, um, we were a two, we were one-third Canadian band. We were two out of the six members were actually from Canada. The original bass player is from Toronto and DJ Axis Powers, who's still in the band, he's from Toronto, so we rep, to, we rep Canada, man. We have so many fans in Canada, and Nardwar especially. Like, We got to connect with Nardwar, and he's just, man, that's a hero right there. That's a true legend. And so connecting with him, man, to Canada all day. Bret Hart, you already know, back in Canada. Nice. I, th- I think we're going to take a break right there, and uh, thank you so much for joining us. We're, we're going to play. You, you pick the track. Which track are we going to play? I'll say, I'll say Slow Mornings. Play Slow Mornings. It's a good vibe. You got it, man. Thanks for joining us. You got it. Thank you, guys. God bless.
Hi, this is David Cummings, the host and producer of the No Sleep Podcast, and you're listening to The Book Guys. Hi, I'm Rodney Turner, and I am a narrator for ACX, and I've narrated five books for mybrothersbooks.com, and you're listening to The Book Guys. Hey, we're back, and we're going to uh, keep talking with our great panel, Scott, Brett, Nicole, and let's find out uh, what's what's on the horizon. What's new, uh, Scott? You were telling us during the uh, very musical break that uh, you've got some publishing coming up. Yeah, um, in 2007, I started uh, a publishing imprint for just you know it was I just did it for the love of it. My favorite books that had never been recorded. I went out and I licensed them myself. My, myself, um, they're the Chronicles of Thomas Covenant by Stephen R. Donaldson. It's a fantasy series. I'm not even a huge fantasy fan, but this series is, it's, it might just be just it's my phenomenal. favorite literary work of all time. Yeah, I, so, I, I um, agree. I agree. The, it, his writing is just magnificent. It's lush. It's, it's luscious. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I published the first Chronicles, the first trilogy in 2007 through 2008, um, and then had to, set it aside for a few years but now i just picked it up again and so i just put out uh the second chronicles of thomas covenant which just debuted about a week ago on my website which is uh um scottbrick.net or brickbybrickaudiobooks.com um you can do a google, anybody could do a google search and find it and uh they are unabridged available exclusively there and i'm just i'm loving it it's great i hear from uh, covenant fans that you know I hear from somebody who's been a Covenant fan for decades, and I realize, oh, you're a member of my tribe. You're yes. my people. I remember reading those when they first came out. Very exciting. Oh, my God. I yeah. swear, I almost flunked my freshman year in college because I realized that re- finishing Lord Fowles Bane was far mm-hmm. more important than studying oh. for my uh, Naturally. Uh, winter quarterfinals. Naturally. So, yeah. Really. <laughs> Yeah, great series. Uh, in the background here, I've been uh, hunting down through your website. There we go. The um, Second Chronicles, the complete yes, trilogy. The most, the most recent one is called The Wounded Land, and it's book. It's the first book of uh, his second trilogy, so it's essentially book four in the entire series. Yes, yes. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to take. I'm going to. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, and you can find it. Uh, it looks like Bic- thank you. That's very kind of you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, brick by brick audiobooks. Dot my shop file. Well, I will give. We'll put a link to the the talking man, and, and uh, scottbrick.net. So I'm sure that uh, people can find it right yeah, on, on uh, the front page. The yeah, a, go to uh, scottbrick.net and it'll it'll lead you to the store. Yeah. Oh, excellent. We'll thank put, you. Yeah, no problem. We'll put a link in the in the show notes. Uh, interesting. Uh, Brad, what's new on the horizon there with you, my friend? Well, I, I actually just had a book come out at the end of July called Mine, M-I-N-E, which is a, um, a present-day suspense thriller sci-fi um, about um, – it starts off with some kids that, uh, go, or that are at summer camp, and they go on this little um, uh, uh, clandestine night hike, and only three out of the seven return – but they're very changed. And then as they grow up, what's happened, you know, they're trying to figure out what happened to them because they can't remember. But it, 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 it's actually one of the, the, my favorite book that I've ever, one of the favorite that I've ever written. And um, uh, so that's out. And then just a week ago, I think, um, I released a companion novella, which is basically the origin story because it's almost better to read the novel first and then the origin story. So, but, so those two are out. And then in um, November, I'll be bringing out, I, I just finished writing it, the um, first book of a spinoff series from my Quinn series. And it's, it's called The XComs, um, about this group of operatives who are get together or who are brought together to do specialized missions. And it's featuring uh, a couple of the characters that have been in um, earlier uh, Quinn books and um, he does make a very brief uh, appearance. Uh, if cameo. people blink, they might miss them, but <laughs> he is there, and he probably will make more in the future. But that's, I'm very excited about that. So that's that's where I'm going. And then more Quinn and, and the Rewinder, the last Rewinder book after the first of the year, and more Quinn next year. 
Yeah, he's probably in the background spraying down the carpet. Just saying. Yes, probably. They could definitely <laughs> use him at different times in this book. <laughs> <laughs> and there's all kinds of new stuff going on. Uh, Nicole, I know you got a romantic comedy you're t- telling us about during the musical break. Yeah, um, it came out in May. It's called Been Searching for You. Um, I'm 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 a weird mix when it comes to what I write. You know, historical fiction is where my heart truly is. But I also kind of fell into writing contemporary romantic comedies. And um, this one is the story of Annabeth, a 34-year-old Chicagoan who has been writing letters to her soulmate since she was 16 years old. And she is bound and determined that uh, it's it's time for her to find him. So it's, it's her uh, story of, of trying to find her happily ever after. And um, oddly enough, just two days ago on Friday, um, I had had some readers who had been saying, you know, we really want this to be a series, you know, we want to find out, you know, there's a certain character, you know, who doesn't get a happily ever after at the end of this book, we want to find out what happens to him. And um, on Friday, I read an article that just completely inspired the person that he's going to end up with. So I have a feeling there's going to be two or possibly three books um, now in that series. Well, you see, so you, you read one article, now you got th- uh, two more books to write. Well, I, 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 you know, I had toyed around with the idea of, you know, I didn't do it on purpose, but the way the friends and the, the couples work out, it would be kind of a Nora Roberts type of thing where I would take a different couple in each book, but you'd still see bits and pieces of the other relationships that you've gotten to know. So, um, yeah. I love that idea. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm actually thinking there's another contemporary that I've had in the back of my head, and I think I'm going to make that main character the sister of the second book in this series so if i ever do get to that one it's still tied together too so yeah it's uh, i have no shortage of ideas this is good and speaking of uh, no shortage of ideas we uh, get lots of ideas on twitter uh, about what to do next we've been looking for some more ideas for themed episodes so uh through some polls and whatnot looks like we're going to be doing at least one hunter s thompson uh bio special uh, we're going to do one on Ernest Hemingway only because half the people on Twitter didn't know who he was or, 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 or made a, you know, that's the drunk guy comment. Uh, so you know what, me, we're going to bring a little Hemingway to the, to the airwaves for the youngins. Uh, and of course, uh, the, we're going to do the history of Superman is another, uh, themed episode we're going to do. Oh. Now, Scott, you, you that's did great. that, uh, Tom DeHaven book, which I really enjoyed, which was a period piece on Superman. That was, uh, it is. It's, that's one of the best books I've ever read. It's brilliant. It's called It's Superman. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you, it's a funny story. Um, on the opening credits, you know, you, you read them with like a little bit of gravitas, but um, you never go over the top with them. You just traditionally, if I was going to do a traditional intro for It's Superman by Tom DeHaven, I would say Blackstone Audio presents It's Superman by Tom DeHaven read right. by Scott Brick. And then that's as much as I would do. But I just said, that would be wrong on a title like this. It's taken from the radio show. So I said, okay, Blackstone audio presents it's Superman. And I yelled it like Jackson Beck did yes. on the radio show. <laughs> and then I went right back to normal. And I said, by Tom DeHaven read by Scott Brick. And I swear to God, when somebody, I think it was in publishers weekly, when they reviewed the audiobook, they said, I knew from the opening credits I was going to like this book. And I just, but that's the kind of fun I had with that, that entire novel. It was, uh, it's a, just a wonderful piece. Yeah, well, I'm going to try to get a, a panel and, and maybe include uh, Tom DeHaven, uh, maybe even yourself on it. Uh, uh, we're going to do a, uh, maybe half hour, the whole history. It's, it's a lot more uh, convoluted than you think. Uh, going back There's to the a beginning. There's a great book, if I can recommend it, uh, sure. by Larry Ty. He did uh, A Cultural History of Superman. Um, I got to narrate that one as well. That's a fascinating look into the character's history. Guess what I'm getting on Audible this afternoon, this evening. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Maybe let's just uh, finish off by uh, telling everyone where folks can find you all. Uh, Brett, where can people find Mr. Battles? Uh, Very easy. I'm at brettbattles.com. I'm author Brett Battles on Facebook, and I'm at Brett Battles on Twitter. So... Thank e- God there wasn't another author with my name. Yeah, easy peasy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's uh, bread with two T's. That is with two T's, the correct way of spelling it. That's right. No offense to those with <laughs> just one T, but, you know, you're unfinished. <laughs> uh, Nicole, where can the folks find all your writings? Uh, my website is Nicole of 
nicoleevelina.com. That's N-I-C-O-L-E-E-V-E-L-I-N-A.com. And I'm on pretty much every form of social media as Nicole Evelina or at Nicole Evelina on Twitter. So feel free to look me up. Perfect. And Mr. Brick, the talking man himself, where can we find you, sir? <laughs> uh, well, they can find me on Facebook. I've got two pages uh, on Facebook. One uh, is Scott Brick, and the other one is for the publishing company. Uh, that one is Scott Brick Presents. Uh, easy to find them. They've got the same you know, cover photo. Um, and then on, uh, on Twitter, I'm at Scott Brick, and it's two T's and Brick like a brick house. Well, we gotta leave it right there <laughs> we'll see you all next week same book time same book channel stay tuned book readers and book listeners book guide show will return next week same book time same book channel <laughs> quit your jibber jabber <laughs> uh, I think that's the only time in my life I've ever been compared to Mr. T and I love it it's great <laughs>